uh, read Proverbs chapter 3 for us, then I'll pray, and we'll start understanding the Word of God together, okay? Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1. If you're a Bible, go ahead and open up with me and follow along. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and loving kindness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. And he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be a healing to your flesh and a refreshment to your bones. Pray with me. Father, we thank you for every single person here. I pray that you teach us the way of wisdom, that we would know Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would show us the blessing of listening to you above any other voice. Lord, I pray that you show us the joy that it is to obey you, to listen to you, to follow your ways. We ask you to show us the glory of Jesus Christ, that we would trust him, that he be praised, Father, and that we be saved. In his good and perfect name we pray. Amen. So I grew up like a, chick, like a church kid. I was attending church while still on my mom's tummy. And ever since then, we've been going to church every single Sunday. Grew up in children's ministry, acted in all the Christmas plays, did all the service events, went to, children, went to uh, Sunday school, just like many, if not all, of you. Church, Jesus, Bible, Christianity, it was all what I was supposed to do. Just like I went to school, went to piano lessons, played basketball, I went to church. Just part of your life, right? I was supposed to do it, just like anything else. I didn't have a choice. But then came middle school, and high school, and college. And part of growing up is realizing, and even asserting, that you have a choice now, right? You get to choose what classes you take. You get to choose who to hang out with. You get to choose who your friends are, who are not your friends. You get to choose what activities you play, and what sports, and what extracurriculars. You get to choose whether you want to study or just watch YouTube videos. You get to choose if you want to do what you're supposed to do, like your mom did tell you to, or just do what you really want to do, which is, I don't know, nothing, video games, whatever, right? Mathematics. Mathematics? Okay, cool. Eventually, you can choose to drive. And then you choose where to drive. And then you choose who you'll go hang out with after you drive. And then you even choose when you come home. Eventually, you choose who you like, who you date, who you bring home to your parents. Then you get to choose what kind of job you take, what kind of college you go to, where, which college you go to, what kind of career. Choices, choices, choices bombard you starting now. Welcome to young adulthood. Okay. The more you grow up, the more you're flooded with all these choices. And the more you'll discover that there's pressure to choose rightly and pressure to choose right now. Ironically, no one chooses to enter adulthood. Like, I don't know, anyone like ask you on a survey, you ready to be an adult? No, right? But we're all thrust into this season of life. It's kind of like someone took a bucket of water and just dumped it on you. You're like, oh my gosh, now I'm wet. And all of a sudden you wake up in the morning, look in the mirror, and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm an adult. We don't get to choose when we become adults. We just are. We're forced into it. So what now? Right? You're not 10 years old anymore. 
You're 12, going on 13. Maybe you're going on 15. What well, now? How are you supposed to choose rightly? How are you supposed to live your life? You need wisdom. 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 Wisdom is guidance and help. It tells you what to do, what you're supposed to, where you're supposed to go, who you're supposed to spend time with. Where are you going to get your wisdom? Where are you going to get the answers? Now, the world would say, just trust your instincts. You know, trust what you really, really believe inside. Or, just learn from your mistakes. It'll be fine. Or, ask a friend. Or worse, ask the internet. <laughs> trust in God. Now, we all know, I mean, you don't have to be as wise as Solomon to figure out asking the internet is a bad idea. You also don't have to be as wise as Solomon to figure out that a bunch of 12-year-old boys in a room is not going to, you know, it's not going to be the good things. You're not going to have great wise decisions like that, okay? What if you have really bad instincts? That wouldn't be good, right? I like Calvin Hobbes. Anyone like Calvin Hobbes? Yeah. Okay, cool. Read the comic. You already fast. Sorry. <clears throat> Think of Calvin Hobbes trusting his instincts. Doesn't go very well, does it? <laughs> right? What did his instincts say? If you jump off the roof, you'll die. No, his instincts. His instincts say. His instincts say, "I'll float to the ground gently like a leaf." His instincts were wrong. <laughs> Maybe he could learn from his mistakes, right? Maybe he could learn from his mistakes. But what would happen if this really happened in real life? He could be dead, right? You can't learn your mistakes when you're dead. Bad idea. Okay, then, you know, let's say Calvin asked Hobbes. Hey, Hobbes, you're my friend. Should I jump off? No. What did Hobbes say? Yes. He helped him. He's like, yeah, he's a blanket. <laughs> right? Not a good friend. And, okay, the internet didn't exist when Calvin Hobbes was, like, young. So Calvin could not ask the internet, but you don't want to trust the internet. Pretty much anything, okay? So the internet won't tell you how to grow up. Your friends won't tell you how to be wise. Your mistakes will only teach you after the fact, which sometimes is way too late usually way too late, and even your own instincts are just super wrong, right? Where are you going to go to make decisions? How are you going to learn rightly? How are you going to be wise? How are you going to prevent yourself from jumping off of metaphorical and maybe literal rooftops, right? How are you going to do that? Trust in God. Trust in God. Particularly the Word of God, the Word of God which we have in front of us. The Bible is truth. It shines light into the darkness that we need to see. <clears throat> we, it shows us the path we should walk, the path of wisdom and righteousness and peace. It's trustworthy. It's sure. It's right. It's useful. And did you know that an entire book of the Bible is written just for people like you? People like you who are entering into adulthood, who are trying to figure out how to make choices. 31 jam-packed chapters, hundreds of verses written specifically for people like you. It's the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 1. Just back a few pages, Proverbs chapter 1. And listen to how the author of Proverbs, King Solomon, actually describes his own book. Proverbs 1, he says this. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. And the purpose of those Proverbs, verse 2, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity. Listen up here. To give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the wise. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. 
to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and the riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of, wis- of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Look particularly with me at verse 4. The Proverbs exist to give prudence, that, be, that is skillful living, to the simple. The simple, here, the simple here means those who are naive, who have not been taught, who are simply ignorant. In other words, you. It also is to give knowledge and discretion to the youth. That's why it's called youth group, not adult group, right? In other words, the Proverbs are written specifically for you, to make you wise, to figure out how to, to tell you how to navigate through school and friendships and work and all that other stuff that comes after this time of your life. And by wise, I don't mean some like old guy with like a really long white beard, right? Don't, don't, don't think that when you think wisdom. Wisdom means living life well to the glory of God. To be wise means to live life, life well to the glory of God. To live wisely means to be happy, content, smart, successful. To be wise means to be blessed. I mean, who doesn't want that kind of life? Who doesn't want to be happy, blessed, fulfilled, peaceful, content? Everyone wants that, right? Your parents want that for you. Your parents want that for themselves. That means the book of Proverbs is for you. The book of Proverbs is for you. Now, I'm a church kid, right? Grew up in our church from my mother's tummy. And yet, when I was growing up, I really didn't like reading the Bible. It's like, yeah, there's like children's stories in there, they're like cool pictures, but I did not like reading the Bible. I thought it was boring, I thought it was hard to understand. I thought this old book has nothing to do with my real life, right? It's just the thing I do on Sunday. But probably the biggest reason I thought that way, which is wrong, the reason why I thought that way is because I felt like the Bible was just a list of rules. Anyone else feel that way? A lot of rules, right? You go to Exodus, you're like, goodness gracious, like all these like slaughtering and like all these animals and ah, like why are all these rules here, right? And I thought the Bible was just another lecture. Like my parents would lecture me sometimes. Who, whose parents do that to you sometimes? Yep, all the time, right? You sit there, you're like, okay, I heard it, Mom. <laughs> I heard it the first time. That's what I felt like the Bible was. And no one likes being lectured to. So I thought it was boring. What I didn't see is why God gives his commands and why I should follow them. I thought it was just because I just had to, right? My parents made me do it. I thought it was just I, it was the right thing to do, so therefore I got to trust God. Or I thought, okay, my teachers told me to do it, my Sunday school teachers, therefore I got to trust the Bible. Or, if I don't do this, then I'll be in big trouble, right? Those aren't technically wrong reasons, but God actually gives a much fuller reason, particularly in our passage today. Why should we follow God's commands? Why should we follow God's commands? Because they lead to great reward. Because they lead to great reward. In other words, it's really good to obey. It's good for you. If you walk in God's ways, life will be good. If you walk in God's ways, life will be good. That's what we call the key idea of a sermon today. The key idea means that this one sentence summarizes everything you're supposed to know about this sermon. So if you're going to remember one thing today, remember, if you walk in God's ways, life will be good. So let me ask you four questions. Do you want to have a life full of blessedness and peace? Do you want to find favor before God and before men? That means they they like you, basically. Do you want God himself to make your path straight and smooth? Do you want to be healthy and happy, delighted and satisfied all the life long? Yes, right? Everyone wants that, yes. Then walk in the way of wisdom. Then walk in the way of wisdom. There are four wise proverbs that I want to look at today. Four wise proverbs. Look at verse 
One, go back to chapter three, verse one, right? <clears throat> Solomon writes, My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. Now, if your parents are anything like mine, they probably give you lots of commands, right? They say stuff like, come to dinner, do your homework, turn off the TV, stop lying around, why are you just sitting there? Uh, put away the dishes, stop annoying your sister, get ready for bed, go to sleep, right? Whose parents have said that to them before? Everyone, right? Everyone. Now, if you're a normal kid, you're probably tempted to just ignore them, right? Oh, I didn't hear you. Right? Oh. <laughs> Which is never true. And also, maybe you pretend like, oh, I, I just, I just, uh, I was busy. I don't know, right? What does Solomon say? Don't do that. Instead, he says, listen, listen, do not forget my teaching. Let your heart keep my commandments. He's, Solomon is pleading with his son, don't forget what I told you. He knows his son needs reminders. And he's going to say it over and over through this book. Over and over he says, my son, don't forget. My son, don't forget. My son, don't forget. Right. That, that means when your mom asks you, like, how many times do I need to remind you? You can tell them, or you can tell her, well, you know, kids have been forgetting what their parents say for like hundreds of years. Even Solomon's kid did it. So you can just tell me one more time, right, please. <laughs> it probably won't work, but you can, you can at least try. Right? Solomon says, do not forget. Don't forget my teaching. Don't forget my instruction. Don't let your, my commandments slip out of your mind like sand. Instead, hold on to them. Keep them tight. Obey what I've told you to do. What's the first question you hear when you hear, when you, you hear in your mind when you hear all that? For me, the first question I ask is, why? Right? Why should I listen to you, Solomon? Why should I listen to my parents? What's in it for me? What's the reward? What's the benefit? Look at verse 2. For length of days and years of life and peace, they will add to you. What's they here? They is Solomon's commandments. Parents' teaching. In other words, if you were to walk up to Solomon, the wisest man on the face of the earth, you get down on two knees, you ask him, Oh, wise Solomon, what must I do to live a long and happy life? What must I do, wise one? What do you say? He would say, easy. Obey your parents. What? No. That's it? Obey my parents? That's what the verse says, right? Look at verse 1. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. Verse 2, for length of days, years of life, long life, and peace, my commandments will add to you. Sounds too simple. But look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2. I'll read it for you. Ephesians 2 says, Ephesians 6, 2 says, Honor your father and mother. This is the first command with the promise. And here's the promise. That it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. You want to live a long life, happy life, full of peace and prosperity? Obey your parents. That's what Paul was saying. And it's not just Apostle Paul. He's actually quoting the fifth commandment of the Ten Commandments. You guys have heard of those before, right? The Ten Commandments that God himself gave to Israel. Number five is honor your parents that you may live long in the land. That's God's promise. Now, that, that seems way too simple. Seems way too simple. Wait, wait. I get the blessed life, the good life, just by listening to my parents? Like, what? That seems, it seems very countercultural, right? Very countercultural. And the reason I say that over and over is because you need to listen to your parents in 10,000 different ways, more than you actually know. 
Now, this proverb is most true for those of us who have parents who love us, who love Jesus Christ, and who are giving us these commands from the Bible itself. Now, if your parents are crazy, and they're telling you to go jump off a cliff, should you obey? No, No, right? God does not say be dumb in order to obey me, right? That's not what I'm talking about. But for 95% of you, if not 100% of you, your parents really do love you. Your parents really do care about you, and they're trying their best. You have parents that want you to come to church. Obviously, you're here. They want you to listen to the Word of God. They want you to make Christian friends. They want you to grow to love Jesus above all else, right? That's what they want. That's what they want. You could be doing a lot of things on a Friday night, couldn't you? But you're here, probably because of your parents. Now I know parents sometimes don't make any sense, okay? I remember one time I was a kid. I, like, walked in my living room, you know, like, all happy and stuff. And my dad starts yelling at me. I'm like, what did I do, right? He's, he's all upset at me, and I get all mad, because I'm like, I didn't do anything. And I go in my room, and I'm all angry. Is that okay for my dad to do that? No. No, it's not. It's sin. And he actually came to my room and apologized to me. I will never forget that. I'm not saying you should obey your parents because they're perfect. I'm saying you should obey your parents because God commands you to. The last time I checked... All parents, 100% of parents, are sinners, right? Just like you, just like me. That means they'll make mistakes. They'll sin against you. But again, for 99 to 100% of you guys, your parents are wiser than you, and they love you. Think about this. If you guys, you know, if you and your parents are in a race together, your parents got like a 30-year head start. It's like a really, really far ahead of you. Don't you think they, I don't know, could give you some advice and like would know more than you and would give you some counsel to prevent you from hurting yourself or getting lost on that race, right? So if you listen to your parents, you're basically getting the wisdom of someone who's got a 30-year head start on you. They know it's ahead of you. They've lived life exactly like you've lived it. They've been your age. They remember, most of them. Right? Sounds like a pretty good idea to listen to them. So listen to your parents. I know it's not easy. Listening to your friends, listening to yourself, listening even, listening even to that, that treacherous internet seems like a better idea. Right? No. But the way of wisdom, the way of wisdom is to follow the commandments of your mom and of your dad. God will not disappoint you. He will not disappoint you. Now, as a practical tip, because I know parents and kids often fight, right? I fought my mom all the time. The next time your mom or dad asks you to do something you really don't want to do, or that you have no idea what they're actually asking you to do, do this, okay? Say this this one thing. Mom, dad, I want to obey you. Mom, dad, I want to obey you. But I I need help. I really don't feel like doing what you want me to do right now. Can you you help me? Can you help me obey? Or mom, dad, I have no idea what you're asking me to do. Can, Can you help me? Just help me understand and move in this direction together, right? They're not, you're not against your parents. You're not enemies. They exist to help you, and you should ask them to help you. Okay? Sound good? Ask them, can you help me obey? Can you help me obey? Listen to your parents, and you'll live a long and blessed life. That's the first proverb. Second proverb, faithfulness leads to favor. Look at verse 3. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Steadfast love and faithfulness are two of God's essential characteristics. They're essential to knowing him. They're basically his love and his truth. His love and his truth. 
And Solomon says, don't let them leave you. Don't let them fly away. Don't let them abandon you. Instead, tie them around your neck, like, like, a, like a necklace, like precious jewels, like precious stones, like beautiful diamonds. Keep them that close. And he, then he says, engrave this truth and this love, not just on a piece of stone, but even in your very heart. Like chisel it in there. Carve it into who you really are. Make it a part of you. So when life squeezes you, what comes out is God's love. And what comes out is God's truth. That's Gamer call. <laughs> so you know in children's ministry, right? You learn the same things over and over again. Right? Same truths, same stories. You learn about Joseph over and over again. Learn about, I don't know, Ezekiel over and over again. Learn about Isaiah and Paul and Jesus over and over again, right? Is it because we think you forgot? No. In youth group, we say the same things over and over again, that Jesus is the Son of God. The gospel is for eternal life and everyday life, that you should love God and love people, that you should check your heart, that you should know the Word of God. Right? That's not the first time you've heard me say that. Why do we repeat ourselves? Why do we repeat ourselves? Because we're carving this into your heart. We're getting these things tattooed on the inside of your eyelids. We're stitching this truth into the very fiber of who you are. Yeah, sometimes. We're drilling it deep, right? We want this not just to be in your head, so you like remember stuff, but so you, it's very much a part of who you are. Part of who you are. Um, who went to VBS this summer at Lighthouse? A lot of you guys, okay. So we went about Joseph, right? What about Joseph? So the story of Joseph... It's not just something that you should be like, oh, yeah, like, I kind of remember who Joseph is. Like, yeah, God is in control or something like that. The story of Joseph is something you should be able to recite from memory, to understand, to quote, to teach, to apply, to love, to treasure. It needs to be engraved in who you are. <clears throat> That's what really faithfulness means. That's what faithfulness means. But again, the question, why? Why should God's love, why should God's truth be a very much a part of me? Why, why do I care? What's the promise? Verse 4, so you find favor and good success in the sight of God and men. Basically, the idea is that God will treat you well, and men will respect you. People will respect you. That sounds pretty good, right? God will bless me, and people will respect me. <clears throat> when you love God and the things of God, he'll take care of you. And when you live in a godly way, even if people don't agree with you, they actually will respect you. You know the person who's, you know, the person that's hardest to like? It's the person who just really wants to be liked. Do you have any friends like that? They always want to do what they want. You, they always want to do what you think, what they think you want them to do. They're, no, they're not really a person. They're kind of like a jellyfish. They kind of do whatever everyone else is doing. No one respects that kind of person. No one even really likes that kind of person. But people will respect the person who stands true to what God has said. So be faithful to God, and he will grant you favor. That's our second proverb. Third proverb, trusting God leads to straight paths. Now we come to the most fam one of the most famous proverbs in the whole Bible, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean, that means do not rely on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Who's ever heard this proverb before? Cool, okay, so some of us have like water bottle stickers, or like, I don't know, desktop backgrounds of it. I actually love this proverb. It's a great proverb. The idea is really simple, but really deep. It means when you trust the Lord fully, he will make your path straight. So first, what does it mean to trust the Lord fully? Solomon says three things. 
First, trust in him with all your heart. Trust him with all your heart. Can I borrow a chair, please? So all of you are sitting on chairs right now, right? None of you are afraid your chair is going to collapse. None of you are like, oh my gosh, I'm going to fall. I'm going to fall. This chair is really bad for me. Ah, ah. Like, no, no one is afraid, right? You just trusted the chair you sat down. Anyone afraid of falling off their chair right now? Good. No, you're not, Louie. <laughs> okay, okay. You're not, you're not sitting half on it, half on another chair, right? No one has two chairs. JJ has no chair. <laughs> Do you want a chair, buddy? <laughs> okay, JJ now is trusting his chair. Good. Perfect illustration. Okay. In the same way, in the same way, when you trust in God, you're not sitting on God kind of and also relying upon, I don't know, something else, right? You're resting on God fully. All of your weight is on the Lord. Secondly, trusting in God means you don't rely upon yourself, right? That means that as you sit in your chair, you're not thinking, oh man, I better be like really careful because when this chair falls, I'm going to kill myself, right? No one is prepared for that. You trust your chair. You believe in the strength of your chair. You rely upon it. You lean upon it, right? That's what it means to rely upon God, not yourself. It means to trust his strength and not your own. Thirdly, in all, in, trusting God means that in all your ways, you acknowledge him. Right? I think better to say is, in all the parts of your life, you know him. In all the parts of your life, you know him. That means that no part of your life is separated from God. To continue the chair analogy, um, it means like you bring your chair with you, like to school and to the bathroom and to bed. Yeah, okay, I can never. That's not, that just doesn't work. Algae breaks. <laughs> but the point is, the point is that every part of your life, every single day, every single moment, God is with you. You're not one kind of person on Sundays, one kind of person at basketball practice, one kind of person at piano practice, one, one kind of person in school. You're the same. You're the same faithful person who loves God, who believes in Him, who follows His ways. And when you trust in Him with everything that you are, God says He'll make your paths straight. Now, I've, I've read this proverb for, like, years. And I've asked, what does that even mean? Like, what paths are straight? Is that a good thing? It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing, but maybe this illustration will help. Uh, one time I was driving to Yosemite. Who's been to Yosemite? You know, beautiful, right? So I'm driving to Yosemite. I'm by myself. It's late. The roads are dark. It's the middle of nowhere. There's no cell reception. There's no street lamps. There's no even, like, you know, guards on the road. It's just me, my car. On myself, on the windy, narrow, old roads. At any moment, some deer might jump in front of my car, I hit it, and then boom. Deer's dead, I'm dead, right? Or I, miss, I might miss a turn and just go, <laughs> and go, I don't know, like a video game, right? Go off the road, crash, game over. Or another car might come, and be like, oh, look, another car, <laughs> hit me, and then boom, game over, right? That windy, scary, dark, not smooth road is exactly the opposite of a straight road. They're exactly the opposite of a straight road that God promises. You ever been in the car? You know, you're on those like old road on the freeway and it's like, ah, it's like really loud, right? And then your parents switch lanes and it's all like smooth and quiet. Yeah? yeah? yeah. You've been on a new road, a new smooth, straight, clean, comfortable, dependable new road. That's what God promises. The path of wisdom is like that. If you know where you're going, it's dependable. God is with you. 
You're not afraid. There's only two ways to live life. Two and only two. You can live your way, or you can live God's way. Your way, you got to deal with like hacking through the forest and suffering the consequences of not following the path of wisdom. You might run into a deer, or fall up a cliff, or get lost, or get hit by another car. That's your way. Or you can follow God's way. You can trust him. And you can enjoy the smooth path of wisdom that he has paved out from before eternity for people like you and me. You can live for yourself, or you can live for God. Now, hear me rightly. I'm not saying that the path of wisdom is easy. That's not what smooth means. That's not what straight means. But I am saying it's better. Because God is with you every single step of the way. It's our third proverb. Fourth proverb. Humility leads to healing. Look at verse 7. Humility leads to healing. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Being not wise in your own eyes means being humble. Right? By being humble, I don't mean like, oh, I'm so bad, I'm not good at anything. That's not humility, okay? This is, this is bad, bad talk. Being humble means you realize God is high, and that means that I'm low, right? God is high, and I'm low. And that's part of what it means to fear God. You realize he's the one in charge. He's God, I'm not. He's God, and I'm not. And because he's God, I want to turn away from evil. Right? Now, when we think evil, we think of like murder and like stealing stuff, like really bad things, right? But evil actually also means here, quote unquote, smaller sins. Things like making fun of that one kid in class, or cheating on a test, or badmouthing a teacher behind her back, saying mean things to your classmates, complaining, lying, fighting with your parents. Right? All that stuff is evil. And to turn away from evil to the path of God, to the path of wisdom, is what God demands of us. <clears throat> Again, why? Why should I do that? Why should I leave evil and turn towards God? Look at verse 8. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshments to your bones. Now, I've never said that in my life. Oh, my bones really need refreshment right now. It's kind of weird. <laughs> the basic idea is, because you know like when you go to the beach all day, or you play a really, really you know, long day of sports, or you've been to the park and it's been hot, you come home, you're like, man, I'm tired. And you get this ice-cold lemonade, you sit in your favorite couch, and you sit there like, ah. Take a sip of lemonade, ah, right? Refreshment, sustaining, wholeness, rest. That's the idea. When you turn from evil, that's what God brings to us. Rest peace, life. Humility before the Lord always brings healing. That's our fourth proverb. So, do you want to have a long life full of blessedness and peace? Do you want to find favor, that means to be loved and respected, before God and people? Do you want God himself to make your path straight and smooth? Do you want to be happy and healthy, rested, delighted, satisfied in your life? You want that? Then obey your parents. Be faithful to God. Trust in the Lord fully and be humble before Him. That's the promise of these Proverbs, the reward of the path of wisdom. If you walk in God's ways, if you walk in God's wisdom, this will be your life. It'll be good. Now, wisdom, again, is not a person with a long white beard. Wisdom means to live life well to the glory of God. It is not optional for a Christian, it's not optional. The way of Jesus is the way of wisdom. 
Because Christ himself is, capital W, wisdom. Wisdom in the flesh. He's the destination and the path of the way of wisdom. Therefore, when I say, you need wisdom, you need wisdom, you need wisdom, it's actually basically the same as me saying, you need Jesus Christ, you need Jesus Christ, you need Jesus Christ. You need to hear his voice. You need to listen to his wisdom. You need to obey his promises and love his ways. The beginning of wisdom is Jesus Christ, to come to him. For your whole life, some of you, you've heard about the gospel message, right? The gospel message of who Jesus Christ is. We preach the same gospel in children's ministry, as youth ministry, all the way from the cradle to the grave. It's that Jesus Christ came as eternal God. He came into the world to save sinners like you, people who do evil, who turn away from him and towards sin. Christ lived the perfect life. He died the perfect death for sinners like you and me, and he rose again from the dead. So that everyone who trusts in him, anyone who relies upon him, who leans on him fully, will not perish, will not die, but live forever with him. This gospel message is for everyone, for you, for your parents, whether you're here for the very first time, which is great, we, we really love that you're here, or you're here like, yeah, I grew up in this church. I know everyone here. This is my home. The most important you need to hear today is that you're a sinner who needs Jesus Christ, who needs wisdom in the flesh. So don't reject Christ. Don't reject wisdom. Don't choose the foolish way of walking your own path. Rather, walk on the path of wisdom. Walk on the path of Christ. Pray with me. Father, we thank you that you have shown us who wisdom is. And Lord, you've shown us how lovely and how much we need him. How great is our Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you so much for every student here, Lord. I pray that you bless them, you help them, you encourage them, that Lord, they would love to be at youth group because we learn your ways. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.